Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. First Tuesday in November. You know what that means, Wendy? I do. I do know what that means. That means it's election day da, da, here in the United da, da, States. Da, 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 da. And and when you're in Madison, Wisconsin, election day is the only thing that people talk about. <laughs> not that they shouldn't talk about anything else. No, but no, since it's, it's, it's an off year, it's not a presidential election. Some people um, don't know that there's an election going on. <laughs> But uh, this is, consider this your, your warning. There's an election going on on November 4th. And Soon. Do with that what you will. Uh, so, but, but what? This isn't a political show, though, Mike. So, why are we talking about the elections? Well, we're, we're talking about the elections because I, I would like to talk a little bit about the aliens that rule, that rule the planet. What? Yeah, and chances are we're voting for some of them in this particular election. Oh, that's not very nice, Mike. Hey, well, hey. <laughs> I always, you know, we always we always um dreamed of a time uh when the the future was here and when it comes to aliens ruling the planet, we the future's always been here. And, and we'll we'll get there in, in a little bit. Um I mean, starting off like, let's talk about, are you usually vote in the off-year elections and the off-presidential elections? Are you one of those you vote every time? I try to, as long as I'm able to stay on top of things and, you know, educate myself enough to know what I'm doing when I go in. I confess there have been times when I haven't, and therefore I didn't vote. Shame on me. But, but yeah, sometimes I do. I mean, try to. Try to be a good citizen. I try to vote every time, and it and it doesn't matter if I know anything about the election or not. Oh my gosh, that's horrible! Like I, I will go in and you just I'll pick, pick a pick a name that, that looks cool or what? Good. No, well, I, I look for I look for names I can oh trust. So when I go in, it's like that. Look that 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 guy. He's got a, his name's Mike too. <laughs> oh, that's terrible, right? Hey, as long as somebody's going to have their boot to my throat, I might as well have it be a Mike as well uh, um so no i try to vote all the time even if i have no idea what i'm voting for and the people i vote for never win anyway so it doesn't matter <laughs> um but well and that's the, that's the thing the people i vote for never win because i don't often very much vote for incumbents and i, I think um when you think about so the mayor of madison so paul soglin He's a nice guy. I used to work with him at a company called Epic. He's a really nice guy. But this is the third time that Paul Soglin's been mayor. So when we yeah. came here for college, Wendy, who was the mayor? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> I like music. <laughs> Let me give you a hint. It was Paul, it was Paul Soglin. <laughs> I thought that was a trick question. I was going to say that, and then I'm like, no. I, w- I wasn't trying to set you up for anything like that. Gotcha. When you first come to college, like who's you know, you're not even thinking about the mayor. No. And everybody's but, trying to get your vote and they're all like 
bribing you with free t-shirts and things. Absolutely. And, and honestly, that's not that getting bribed to vote is not a, a recent kind of thing. Um, so Madison Ghost Walks, which is a tour company I run, which is a, uh, a haunted history tour of the Capitol Square. One right. of the stops, one of the stops there, we talk about this bar that in the, like the 1860s and 1870s, they used to have all of the big political rallies at this bar that was on the Capitol Square in Madison. And the big thing about political rallies, people came out because there was free liquor. <laughs> and no, and that was the thing. Well, that's completely different. Free liquor is different from a free t-shirt. Right. Free liquor, like free liquor, that's a reason to vote for somebody. You had me at free liquor. <laughs> right. <laughs> Check. What do I got to do? I got to show my ID? Um, no, but that, uh, so it's not weird to bribe people for votes. They've, yeah. been doing it for, they've been doing it for centuries and they do it now with t-shirt and like, right, they had a, at least they had a good time back in the 19th century. Now we just get crap, like a button or something like that. Right. Like an I voted sticker or whatever. Nobody gives you a shot when you, uh, <laughs> when you fill in your little line at the, at the booth. But, uh, so that, you know, that's nothing new. But what I was going to say is, Paul Soglin has been mayor of Madison in three different decades. A long not that he's time. not a good mayor, not that he hasn't done a good job. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know. But what I'm saying is, it's kind of like, to me, as someone who came to Madison, he was the mayor. With time I spent in Madison now, he's the mayor. He's just always the mayor. I, right. Exactly. <laughs> he was before we were alive. He will be after we're alive. You watch that movie, The War at Home, about the Vietnam War and the protests in Madison in the mm-hmm. 1970s. Paul Soglin's the mayor. Oh my gosh. In the movie from the 70s and then in college in the 90s and then in the 2010s. Okay. So, so the alien thing is starting to, to make a little more sense. Well, incumbents, they just, they just seem to uh, always win. And that's interesting. Like, so it's a 98% incumbency rate um, that if you're elected, chances are you're going to stay elected. I mean, that's why we created, I mean, during World War II, FDR won four terms. Yeah. And that's why they created the whole only two terms you can be president um, so that somebody wouldn't become a dictator for life. Right. Which, I mean, if you're just coming off a guy that was the president for 16 years, um, or not 16, because he, obviously he died. Um, but that's, that's a thing to think about. So, you know, voting, sometimes it feels that, you know, does your, does your vote even matter? You know, when you do that, when you, when you talked about like, well, you, you try to vote when you're educated. Wendy, I respect you. I respect you for doing that. <laughs> I really do. Because you're like, well, I'd like to know about the issues before I go in. Instead of me, where I'm like, hey, how can I... How can I vote for Mickey? How can Mickey Mouse become, you know, not, I wouldn't vote for Mickey Mouse because I'm not, I was never a big Disney. I was more of a Bugs Bunny guy. So I would obviously vote for Bugs Bunny over Mickey Mouse. But, um, yeah, something's up, you know, that, that, that it's this incumbency rate. And, and that gets you to think, you know, um, so the United States is not a democracy. It's a, it's a republic, which is means we have an elected officials, um, that we represent, uh, that represent us. And we elect officials, like if it was a democracy, we would make decisions, like they would have polls for every single decision that happened, every single law. And uh, instead, it's, it's a republic, so we can have, we elect people to make those decisions for us. But there was a poll that came out last year, 
And, and they had studied opinion polls from the 1940s until today, when, now that the, the opinion poll like infrastructure. And then they studied Congress and the, the laws that were passed and everything. And they compared the, uh, the polls that the, of the people to the laws that Congress had passed. And Congress had passed um, laws that the people did not support, according to the opinion polls, like 80% that's, of the time. That's scary. Right. It's totally scary because it's like, well, what does our vote mean if the people that yeah. elected to represent us right. aren't doing know, what we want them to? Exactly. And so... Um, you know, and in 1996, less than 50% of the electorate, you know, they didn't even, uh, you, you went to the polls. So it's not even 50% of the people who are doing the voting. Um, so it's really, when you think about it, these guys are in office forever. Not these guys and girls um, are in office forever. Uh, you know, you have, you have elections decided by less than 50% of the population. Um and so that's why I say, what does it really mean when somebody's like, oh, you're not going to vote for one of my guys or one of the top two people? You're going to waste your vote. And I'm like, hey, buddy, Congress isn't even going to do what you think. So waste your vote. I think you just did. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and, and that's the thing. And, and also, a lot of politicians are extraordinarily wealthy. Um, so you remember who Russ Feingold was, Money? But of course... Yes, Russ Feingold, Wisconsin, Wisconsin politician, Wisconsin senator. One time when I visited Washington D.C., my mother and I went into the Capitol, and uh, we went to go see what the Senate was up to. You know, because you can just go in, hey, what's yeah. the Senate up to? Well, Russ Feingold was the president of the Senate that day because cool. there wasn't much going on, and he was kind of hanging in there with his like feet up and stuff. And I'm like, Russ is the president of the Senate today. You know, <laughs> on Wisconsin, right forward, go go That's go, funny. Badgers. Um. But what I want to say about Russ Feingold is that he was the senator with the least amount of money. Right. Yeah. And and he still had a net worth, you know. He was not than, like poor. Right. It's not like Russ Feingold came off the street and was, you know, I mean, he was a lawyer. He's obviously Ivy League educated and he's um, not a poor guy. And he was the poorest member of the Senate. So you have a certain class of politician that is in office forever and has a ton of money. So what that sounds to me as is they might be aliens. I was wondering what, where this was going because I'm like, Mike, are you going to make an announcement? Are you running for office? I, yeah, hey. <laughs> but now, now I see. Now it's the getting into to our territory of discussion. Right. The kind of people that would vote for me are the kind of people who would write in Bugs Bunny on the thing. So I would say I would never run for office. Or maybe, maybe other dudes named Mike would vote for you. That's true. Hey, they take the, the Mike Huberty way of voting and be like, cool name, dude. Check. Um, well, that's, that's the thing. It seems like that there might be a ruling class of people over the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... and have you ever seen the movie They Live, Wendy? I don't believe I have, actually. Well, um... Maybe, though. They Live was a movie all about aliens from a, you know, who had come to planet Earth, and um, they were disguised uh, as regular people, but they would put secret subliminal messages in signs, in, uh, in our money... And, and you could only see the aliens and the subliminal messages if you had special glasses. 
Oh, that's cool. So <laughs> that's if you, awesome. If you put on the special glasses, you could see the aliens around you. Oh, and then that's also sweet. If you, if you looked at the signs, you would see, um, like you look at you look at a piece of money, and it would say things like "This is your God," <laughs> and and you know, and you'd look at a sign of like a sexy woman or a billboard or something, and it would be like "Obey," you know, <laughs> "Reproduce," "Obey," yeah, and all these you know all these different things and. Now that movie came out in the in the 1980s and it's a classic. And we um in the Sunspot video for 2012, we actually use a, a little bit of footage for they from they live as so it, it's inspired Okay. And for the for the uninitiated Sunspot is a rock band that Mike and I are in. And uh, <laughs> just in case you didn't know. We took a little inspiration from They Live for for one of our songs and videos. We can link to that in the, in the show yes, notes. Yes, absolutely. But so there's a there's a there's a English guy by the name of David Icky. Icky? Yeah. Well, I C K E. Oh, okay. And uh, I don't know if he's he's not actually he might not be Icky as a person, but he certainly is Icky as a as a surname. But so he's this English guy, and and he was a soccer player uh, in the seventies. Obviously, football everywhere else in the world, soccer in the U.S. In the 1980s, um, he was a BBC television personality. You know, just like we, like, like think about Ryan Seacrest or maybe, and Ryan Seacrest was never a professional sport, sport man. Um, Terry Bradshaw or something like that. Uh-huh. You know, somebody who's a, Fran Tarkenton, a professional sports guy that eventually is on TV and, and does stuff. And then he joined the UK Green Party and became a leader in the Green Party in the late 80s. But right around the early 1990s, he completely changed his tune and pretty much went off the deep end. So he was a person that people were like, oh, yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like if Fran Tarkenton released a book that said the president of the United States is an alien. It's an ancient alien race that has come here to subjugate us and steal our gold. Hmm, okay. Yeah. So what, it's a, is that weird? No. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to go from one of the politicians to actually like decrying them to that extent. Right, to say like, you know, these guys are a ruling class. They all seem to go to the same universities. They all seem to belong to the same, you know, organizations. You know, in the pre-show, we were talking a little bit about it. And we, were, we were discussing, you know, the ruling class. You know, it's, it, I mean, George Bush, John Kerry, they're in the same, they're in the same skull and blow yeah. bones fraternity. Yeah, when I heard about, when I first heard about that, I was like, what? Secret society? What is this? Yeah. Right, secret society, and and it may have just been some kind of fraternal organization or something like that at, at yeah. this university at Yale. It's still weird these guys, though. These guys were in the same one. You know, are they are they really right? Cut? And they're supposed to be so different. <laughs> are they really cut from different cloths? Um, well, David Icke doesn't just think they're not cut from different cloths. He doesn't think they're human. Yeah. And uh, he goes back, wow. and he he goes all. I mean, he goes all the. When he say, when I say he goes back, he goes all the way back. Um, to the Mesopotamians. All right. So he's going back to the cradle of civilization. And he says that uh, these reptilians, these the reptilian aliens that rule the world are the Anunnaki. And that was originally the name for the gods of the Mesopotamians. Okay. A- Anu was a sky god. Ki was the earth god. And the Anunnaki... Were their children. 
Aha. And so the Anunnaki came to Earth from the constellation Draco, which, okay, that seems a little bit too on the nose to me because, you know, Draco is, yeah. also means dragon. Um, so saying that the reptilians come from the constellation <laughs> Draco sounds like a Star Trek writer was just really lazy. Yeah. He's like, you know, you know what we should make? We should just make him come from the place called Dragon. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a fun idea. Like the kids will like it. Um, they lived in tunnels and caverns inside the earth and were hungry for something called monatomic gold. So it's monatomic spelled like, like it should mean one atom. And, um, I'm not really sure what gold made of one atom. <laughs> Wendy, in anything in your science background, have you heard uh, of the gold made of one atom? I, I can't say I have. I don't know. Yeah. I was just trying to think of what, you know, types of food that somebody living in a tunnel and cavern, all I could think of was like Yukon gold potatoes. Okay. I don't know. So, <laughs> so the Anunnaki came to earth interested in Yukon gold potatoes. <laughs> but, right. um... But it's interesting because when, you know, when you first started talking about the lizards and aliens and whatnot, it just, of course, immediately made me think of V. Mm. But, you know, obviously that was a little different thing because they're coming down from the sky and whatnot. And that well, particular. <laughs> I liked it. And you know what? I completely didn't think of V. I was like the biggest fan of V. And I don't know why I didn't think of V because it was reptilians hidden inside of people. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking of. And I'm like, maybe this guy was just really inspired by that series. <laughs> yeah, sure. He's like, man, I really love V. I I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> it's true. And I'm going to make a whole, whole conspiracy theory about it. Okay. That's enough. We don't have to have a bad uh, British accent yeah, that's today. <laughs> Good effort though. <laughs> sure. Um, okay. But he says okay. that monatomic gold, is a mineral that can increase the carrying capacity of the nervous system 10,000-fold. So you know how people say we only use 10% of our brains? M most of my friends like 2%. <laughs> um, he's saying that, you know, it can make them super intelligent. And after ingesting it, these reptilian aliens can process vast amounts of information. They can speed up their trans-dimensional travel which is, I guess, how they got here in the first place. Maybe like a wormhole or something. They just popped into a different dimension where things are closer together. Yeah, popped sure. Out here. Why not? I mean, if they're that sure. if, if they're that smart, then they could probably figure that stuff out. Yeah, fairly easily. You know what? We're talking about reptiles who are hidden <laughs> as human beings. I feel like this is a little bit of dramatic license we can give a brother. Yeah, I'm I'm following him so far. I'm on and board. So and monatomic gold is also what helps them shapeshift from reptilian Sweet. to human form. The most and, terrifying part of the... <laughs> right. <laughs> the monatomic gold. And they feed on aggression. Oh. And because they feed on aggression, that's why we have war. Because who is usually the ones who uh, send people to war? Yeah. The people in charge, the ruling class, the Anunnaki. So... They are a global, they are the global elite. And he goes into, you know, some good detail about who is actually a lizard. How does he know? Um, well, he was a soccer player. 
and I've they're pretty smart. Um, <laughs> maybe he took a nibble of some of the yeah the monotama little, gold, monotama gold. Like maybe he just found some whatever. He's like, wonder what this tastes like. <laughs> hey. It's Bye, Jove. Everyone's it's, lizards. It's bloody lizards. Run for your lives. Um, <laughs> no, but that would be. But the monotone, maybe he had a bite of that. Or maybe he's got the glasses from They Live. That's possible. But really, though, okay. So he, he somehow figured out. He cracked the code of, of who who is a lizard. Yep. And um, pretty much every president was a lizard. So he goes into it. He's like, well, at least 43 American presidents. <sighs> well, what do we have? Like 45 presidents or 44 <laughs> of them? Like that's that's everybody. Yeah, who's excluded? I'd like to know. I don't know. Maybe it was the guy, like um, McKinley or James something K. like Polk. that. <laughs> yeah, wh- whoever was president for a month. Oh. You know, like, yeah, that guy. No, that guy wasn't a lizard. That's why he got killed oh. right away. Um, and so he talks about the top level of the lizard people. Um, he calls them the red dresses. And so in a book, he, he said that it's reptilian software. And um, the red dresses are the highest level of the brotherhood, the, the Babylonian brotherhood of lizards. And they, they are the carriers of the software. Um, calls it reptilian software. He calls it constructs of mind. They lack consciousness and free will, and their human bodies are holographic veils. So that sounds like maybe they don't shapeshift, but they have a holographic veil. And that gets complicated too, though, because like, how are they, you know, what are they wearing? That's what I always think. You know where you see in a, yeah. you see in a movie or something like that where somebody's like, oh, I can disguise myself. Or I just watched the new X-Men movie the other day. And um, Mystique, the X-Man, the X-Woman, um, when she's doing something, like she's always able to perfectly, like not just replicate the person, but also replicate their clothes. And I always think that's a conceit that's not really, you know, like you replicate the fabric. Is it the clothes? And like, so if you pulled on a shirt, yeah. would you be pulling on their skin? <laughs> right. So sometimes it makes me feel like these people haven't thought everything all the way the through. details. Yeah. So the holographic veil, like, can but, you touch the holographic? If you touch the holographic veil, are you really touching lizard skin? underneath mm, i see what you're saying right so it's like hey like you pat somebody like also the house of windsor so all of oh the i was British wondering okay so family not just americans no it's they, i mean the anunnaki are all over the world but okay. the house of windsor and the british royal family i mean they are they are right in there those guys are lizards <laughs> to the bone and uh well the thing is like let's if you pat if you pat prince charles on the back like, is it going to be like, oh, Slimy. you're scaly. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. don't pat me on the back. Um, and so that's, sometimes I'm like, well, I don't know really what you're talking about. But there's another group called the sheeple. Okay. And we are the sheeple. Of course we are. And uh, I don't know if he actually made up, the, I don't know who made up the term sheeple. Yeah. It sounds like, I think that hippies have been using that I was going to say, know, I, bet forever. A, I bet a bunch of people have made up that term. <laughs> right and then that's that's most of us and um we're conscious but we do what we're told and we're the we're their source of energy energy they feed on aggression oh. they feed on our energy and so we are kind okay. of their well sheeple kind of like the matrix yeah kind of, right that they, the human humans are batteries 
Yeah, I think that's totally like the Matrix. <laughs> and um, so also there are people, there are she- certain sheeple who are repeaters. <laughs> and those are, there's doctors, um, teachers, journalists, and those kind of, the, the, like people in the media, people who are kind of, they're not exactly in charge. So there's the ruling elite, you know, the guys are in Paul Soglin. Mm-hmm. And there's the people, there's the people underneath. So um, do the repeaters know that they're repeaters or are they like actually just sheeple like humans who think they're just doing their normal job, but they're actually they're, broadcasting the message? The repeaters are sheeple. They're people who are pretty much doing their job. So they're so unaware the do- that they're being controlled by lizards. The red dresses. That's right. Okay. And so the, the doctors repeat what they're told in medical schools and then whatever the, the big pharma, you know, the, the, the drug companies tell them. Uh, teachers talk about the things that they learned in the educational and academia. And uh, journalists, um, well, journalists now, they'll do whatever takes clicks, <laughs> you know, right? They'll, a journalist will be like, hey, we've all read BuzzFeed. We've all been in that click dungeon. You'll never believe what this person did next. Right, and then I always check it out, and I totally believe it. It's <sighs> stupid, and then I, I feel like a jerk. <laughs> you know, and um, then you hide it from your feed forever. Right. Well, that you're the smart one. Like I still look at a Buzzfeed <laughs> or whatever. Or like, what gets me are those lists. It's always like ten things you didn't know about Pulp Fiction. I'm like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about Pulp Fiction. I'll have to read that, and then I do, and it's all stuff I already know about Pulp Fiction. I'm like, that's not fair. Or. Uh, the 10 worst, you know, dresses at the Oscars. And st- lists always get me every time. I'm like, oh, I'd like a list. And those websites aren't even good. Okay, beyond oh. that. But the repeaters are like, presumably journalists, like of, from a, a higher level, not just like the BuzzFeed. And like that. <laughs> right. You know, you would say, that's a lot of the, the, the big repeaters would be the people who are in charge of the media. Oh, okay, the ones gotcha. Who, you know, the ones who decide. Choosing the, the programming. Things, and- yeah, the things that we talk about. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a really good point too, in that, you know, when we talk about elections and, and you were saying that, you know, you try to stay on top of things and, um, you know, how do you stay on top of things? Well, that's the thing is it's, it's more so that I, I, <laughs> right. Right. I don't stay on top of things. And when I, I try to not vote when I'm not fully aware of what I'm voting for, you know? So I'm not like, cause when you said you stay on top of things that made, made it sound like I'm a, I'm, I'm a big, like political, like I know what's going on. Whereas, you know, that's often not the case. <laughs> no. And that's okay. But, but yeah. But, but if anyway. I did want to learn about somebody, you know, I'd probably, it's a good question because how do you know what to trust? There's so much. There's crap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and so you, You'd probably go to the newspaper, you'd go to a magazine, you'd go to different websites to learn opinions mm-hmm. about things, and then right. you would try to form an opinion yourself. Um, but the repeaters are in charge of that media. So you are learning. The, yeah, the only information available to you is subject to, to their control. That's right. So not only do they control uh, what people are doing um, and then they, with the laws... And with the police force, uh, they also control the sheeple through controlling the conversation because, you know, you'll see it in, the, in an office or just when you're trying to make small talk with somebody, 
people will often just repeat the first thing they read in the newspaper. You yeah. know, right? You know, this this month it happens to be Ebola. That you know, somebody's yeah. like, "Hey, you hear about the Ebola?" And I'm like, "Hear about it? I got it." <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm Ebola. <laughs> Where's the rim nope. shot sound effect? Nope. We have to get that. Nope. No blood from my eyes today. Um, but yeah, so that's the, the different classes of people who, you know, who make up this um, illusion of the world that, according to David Icke, is broadcast from the planet Saturn, and it's amplified by the moon. Um, so I guess Saturn's got... Uh, a really good TV station or whatever, a really good antenna. <laughs> and then, but it, it needs, it needs like an antenna amp in the, you know, by the moon, um, which I, that, that oh. makes a lot. I mean, yeah, sure. Why not? Right. We're already going there. <laughs> so that, that's distributing the software. And then the final group, those who see through the illusion, ah. they're often, they're often regarded as dangerous or mad and they possess a consciousness that is trying to rewrite the software okay. um, that the Anunnaki is uh, programming our heads with. Yeah, and that's the scariest part because then no one's gonna, no one's really able to bring clarity to the sheeple because they'll be seen as as insane. Right, which because is it let if you have a network of computers and they're all running like Windows Eight or Windows Seven or something like that, and then one of the computers is running like Windows XP. <laughs> And they can't talk to each other. You know, you're like, hey, man, we got to we have to upgrade this Windows XP to Windows 8 or they're not going to be able to speak. <laughs> right. So uh, I see a software analogy and I know this. It all, it all sounds crazy. What do you, do you think? It sounds crazy. You think it sounds reasonable? Well, it's just a different perspective of things. Right. I mean, maybe there's not a lot of scientific backing of it, but I mean. Just like a lot of other things that people believe or claim, you, I mean, it's a little right. out there. It is, I admit, it's a little out there, but you try to keep an open mind because who knows? I mean, what if well, he's right? People believe, right. People believe in crazier things than this. And, um, and, and the idea that maybe what he's writing is, you know, Andy Kaufman-esque in the way that this is all a satire. And he has gone in and he's created this uh, narrative of the Anunnaki and the, the queen is a lizard and all these things to represent something. Because if, if this wasn't a conspiracy theory, but it was just uh, a satirical book, uh, when you talk about the ruling class and the ruling elite and the wealthy exploiting um, the common person, would this be that far off? You know, that's, that, that's the question. Right. Like, like is he just making a big demonstration by, you know. Right. It, are they, are, are they real reptiles or are they just born into privilege? You know, yeah. are, um. A different kind of, know, that, of that, <laughs> privilege. So we all studied, I mean, a lot of us studied a modest proposal by Jonathan Swift. Jonathan Swift, um, is the guy that wrote Gulliver's Travels. I, uh, and, and he right, and he wrote a modest proposal where he was talking about eating Irish children. And did anybody actually think that Jonathan Swift was like, we should probably, you know, he's like, you know, he's right. They are a great source of protein. Um, and and so I don't I don't think that uh, you know, 
the idea that as a, as a satire, it would be very far off. Um, a wealthy ruling class that believes itself to be better than the normal population, and then another class that consistently pursues its own interests while the rest of society yeah. struggles. And uh, so David Icke might have a lot of weird ideas, and he might be one of those people who can rewrite the software. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't know if the things that David Icke is, is saying is that different than what the Occupy movement might have said or, you know, anything, anything like that where yeah. you talk about a, a, a wealthy elite that seems to have control over the rest of the population. So. Well, one thing and, I was... I was just thinking about real quick here is uh, that, you know, by podcasting, we are kind of being the media. So by exposing this and giving it more attention, we might, um, we might be, how should I say, rewritten? <laughs> Absolutely. Like we're the next people. Like so, next time we're like, I hope you voted for one of the incumbents. If the episode either disappears or <laughs> the podcast gets... <laughs> terminated unexpectedly sorry then guys we tried yep or you know or you see us next time and then we're all like you know you that lizard stuff how's that's crazy oh man <laughs> <laughs> how stupid and dumb what a silly that? man david icky's a <laughs> madman you'll know exactly what happened to us dun, dun, dun. so anyway um when you hit when you hit that election booth on november 4th just think lizard versus lizard um which, whichever one you like better, take your pick. How about some music? All right. Check out the show notes for today's episode at othersidepodcast.com slash three. Here's our song for Election Day, a track about the owners and the owned. Hottie Illuminati. Yeah, yeah.
Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side.